All right, it is our second podcast of Grease and Glamour Podcast, a division of Universal Imports of Rochester, sales and service of fine imported automobiles. For over 35 years, it's Universal Imports. Visit us at universalimports.com. I'm Mark Fearbacher. I'm Aaron Kane. And I'm Jay Lawrence. And we are here with the Grease and Glamour Podcast, episode two. Today, we are going to be talking about navigation systems like... Uh, Oh boy, you know, you've got Apple Maps, you've got Google Maps, you've got Waze and uh, Garmin and Magellan and everything else, not to mention all of the maps and navs that are in all the cars that we drive. But before, guys, that we get to today's topic, I have to address a couple issues from our first podcast. So, you may notice in this podcast that the sound quality is tremendously better, and that is because after we realized how successful we were with the first podcast, we actually sprung for some... We upped the ante. We upped the ante, and we actually have some real high-quality podcast microphones. Our first podcast, interesting uh, fact, was done with our phone voice recorders. So not bad for phones, but now we got the real deal. Um. In our first podcast, we talked about stars and cars, and we talked about cars that were famous uh, in movies. And boy, after I had about 10 people listen to the podcast and call me back and go, I cannot believe you didn't mention this or you didn't mention that. And so I figured, okay, listen, I'm going to take two seconds to address it in the in the beginning of the second podcast as to all the things that I, how dare I have not yeah, we how not dare mentioned. You. How dare you? <laughs> so and and as we joked in the first podcast, Aaron knew almost nothing about And <laughs> any and of I went the... home and I got yelled at for it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and now you? I have to start watching these movies. Oh, oh that's good. <laughs> A whole new study program. <laughs> yes. Um okay, we'll start we'll start with Steve McQueen. How did we forget Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen The Great Escape. Yeah, the king of cool, man, and he had, like, the Jaguars, uh, the XKS, he had the Porsches, the 917, the 911, the 908, and these are things I didn't even have to research. I knew them in my head, yet didn't talk about them uh, in that podcast. Uh, And then, like, one of the things that I thought of almost immediately, and Erin probably might know this one, but she'll only know the remake, and that is The Italian Job. Yes, I've seen the remake, and I like. Yeah. I like that movie. Of course, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's in it. How <laughs> yeah. can you not? How can you not like any movie with Mark Wahlberg? Because I think he's awesome. But um, except the last Transformers movie. Yeah. We gotta we gotta cut that one out. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but is isn't the Italian Job just like? Uh, it's a mini commercial. I mean, it's a it Mini is. Cooper commercial, period. And I didn't think Mini Coopers could do that, honestly. Yeah, they probably can't. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they're called movies. <laughs> that's right. um, one of my favorite movies that we didn't talk about, The Cannonball Run. Another Burt Reynolds classic, The Cannonball Run. You, uh, how oh. did we not talk about The Cannonball Run? Ah. And then we got James Dean, who tragically actually ended his life in a Porsche 356 I think it was which Aaron if you don't know of Porsche 356 it was basically a it looked like a Volkswagen Beetle going really fast because it was like a squished down Volkswagen Beetle 1950s era car Um, great vehicle the Porsche 356 so 
Anyway, if you guys have anything to add, now's your time or forever hold your peace because we're going to be moving on. There, there's so many. It, it's like you go back and even after today, I feel like, oh, I forgot that no, one. No, there'll be and something <laughs> else. Yeah. Just keep sending it into us, though, and letting us know, and we'll keep trying to hit it. I was actually thinking that we should potentially do a part two to that podcast at some point. Um, but, you know, I'm sure we'll get phone calls after this one and say, you forgot this navigation, you forgot that navigation. Yep. But anyway, so here's what I know. Navigation systems. Let's start here. Let's start way back at the beginning, okay? Do you remember, do you guys, as we're still on movies, you guys remember the movie Airplane? Oh, yeah. Okay. You I haven't it? seen it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Well, Here we, we go again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a never-ending cycle. <laughs> Okay, uh, surely you must be kidding. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. There you go. Um, was waiting for someone to pick that up. I knew it wouldn't, I knew it wouldn't be Aaron. Yeah. But, and, okay, so um, in the movie Airplane, the the one guy that's in the uh, air traffic control, he, he the the one guy says, "Tell me everything from the beginning. First, the Earth cooled, and then the dinosaurs came, and then it's kind of what I felt like as I was putting together show notes for this." And interestingly enough, here's my quick little two-minute history of navigation, okay? Okay. The dawn of time. Man man comes on this earth, and man is basically a nomadic person, right? They don't really have homes. They're just kind of wandering. Well, they're wandering because if they had a home, they wouldn't have known how to get back to it if they went out hunting and gathering. So... They had to. The first man had to decide, how are we going to be able to figure out, if we were here, how do we get back to that place? Well, of course, kind of like leaving a trail of breadcrumbs. They would leave sticks. They would, you know, mark trees and mm -hmm. mountains and stuff and use points of reference. And once they figured that out, I'm assuming this is probably before even speech was invented. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a history buff, but I'm guessing they were just mm -hmm. doing a lot of oohs and ahs <laughs> and stuff back then. <laughs> but anyway you know so once they figured that out then they could have caves right and then we got caveman and now we've got the sedentary lifestyle of man falls into place so now you got the couches the potato chips and the netflix right well something like of that, that time of that time right <laughs> who knows what it was maybe it was hulu i don't know um okay so from there Man gets on ships, they start sailing around because we have this natural thing to want to go journey and investigate and and spread out. And they start using the coastline as their point of reference because they're still using point of reference. They look up and they go, hey, we got these stars and let's use these stars because they, they realize that these stars aren't moving every night. Certain stars are in, this, in kind of this, roughly the same spot. So they start using stars. The problem with stars are what? Well, when it's dark, sometimes they don't come out and you can't see them. Right. So it has to be clear and it has to be nighttime. That's about the only time they were traveling. And that was obviously not the best conditions for other reasons. Okay. Now we kind of fast forward. It's about year 1000 AD. The magnetic north compass is invented. And there's an argument as to whether it's invented by the Chinese or the Italians. There's a couple other groups of people that have a, they're, they're trying to claim that they, they invented it, but so no one really knows for sure. You got, you got a compass. Now you got compass, you got points of reference, you've got the stars. And with all of that, 
that's when you start getting to the point of around the 1400s and you start getting into that Christopher Columbus era. And now he's going across the ocean and they're using those forms of uh, reference to, to navigate. Then they come out with this uh, thing called a sextant, which is a, uh, this thing that uses angles and mirrors to look at the horizon and the stars and you're lining everything up and that's kind of the what I think is where sort of longitude and latitude started sort of um, then the chronometer came and that was another thing that came out of I think Italy and then you've got the sextant and the chronometer there what people are using to get around I feel like this is longer than two minutes. All right, I'm I'm wrapping it up. Okay, let's let's let's. Now I'm I'm back in college in my history class. I mean, I learned a lot. I hope you're all writing this down. (laughs) All right, so fine. I won't I won't tell you anymore. I don't care. No, it's okay. I'm just saying. All right, let's fast forward. We get we get into the nineteen. We're getting the 1900s, and we have Sputnik, the first satellite that goes up from Sputnik one. Russian satellite, and from there, it's a game changer, obviously. From there, you start getting satellite navigation, um, and, you know, then then it becomes a race. Everybody's putting up satellites. The Navy designs this really cool global uh, positioning system, and pretty much from that, we get our modern-day navigation. Mm-hmm. And I can remember back to some of the cars that first had navigation, and... Um, I thought they really stunk then, and I think. <laughs> yeah, well, they were different, too. A lot of them were, I mean, like the first ones, I think they were almost mechanical navigation mm-hmm. systems, so very clunky and, yep. and large and not actually using. A lot of the first ones were like CD, CD-ROM-based navigations, and you'd have this book of CDs that you'd have to load in the trunk of the car to uh, to be able to get these maps you know yeah i mean it, it was a game changer and i know she won't know what we're talking about on this one either but when we used to take trips we used to have to have triple a maps oh yeah i, I do remember that i you remember do? my parents yeah. using triple a max Flipping pulling the them out and yeah a lot of family fights yes yes <laughs> I, I gotta tell you i i still love i mean i don't use them anymore but i love the, the whole paper map thing it was fun i've got i still have a bunch of them at home with pen all over it as to uh, mm-hmm. uh routes we yeah. we've taken and yeah and you could write little things. Like, yeah, this is where we stopped and had a sandwich. <laughs> 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 Something like that. Um, so, uh, when was the first, like, what cars had navigations in them? What were the first cars that had navigations in them? So, what I found, the first actual real kind of navigation system was actually made in the 1930s. And I may be saying this wrong, but it was the Iter Avto. Yes. It was... It was a paper map, pretty much. Obviously, you didn't have satellites, so you couldn't use that. So it, it came with a, a paper map roll. Um, so these were wrapped rolls that came across a display. A cable connected to the speedometer controlled the scroll rate. But the only problem with that is once you drifted from your route, you had to load a new map and figure out where exactly where your exactly location you was. Yeah, yeah, that was that mechanical version. Like, wow. Well, well but, and then when, the, when they got to the point where there were CD-ROMs, uh, they didn't update fast enough, and you know, developments and roads were getting built all the time, and everybody was just they saw their car driving in the middle of a field mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, and and those those CD ROMs were a pain. They they I remember Audi had them a long time ago, and and I couldn't wait till that 
till they finally then from the CD-ROM, they went to the DVD, from the DVD, they went to the hard drive. And a lot of cars still have hard drive navigation systems. Mine does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the good the good thing about a hard drive navigation system is you don't need the internet. So a lot of cars are still using hard drive navigation systems, which basically means all the maps are already sort of embedded in this, uh, you know, hard drive, and it doesn't need to call upon the internet to figure out where you are. Um, But you shouldn't be like me and use it for eight years without ever updating because you're always off map. Yes. You're always watching the little little arrow and you're going, wow, that is a blank space. Where am I supposed to be going? Yeah, you got to update them. That's the only thing with those. You do have to update them. And, and now the new cars, uh, the, the newer cars, it's been out for a few years on some models, and it's just really getting legs on some others. But it's the Apple CarPlay and the Android uh, interfaces where you can go into the cars, which, you know, I've, I've actually thought for quite a while that that's where it was eventually going to go, um, was that cars well there actually was by the way this kind of dip i noticed because we sell cars i noticed that there was this dip for a while where people didn't care about navigation in fact Mm -hmm. at first everybody had to have nav in a car when nav came out um if we had a car here and it didn't have nav in it we we weren't going to sell it that fast um so every car had to have nav then it got to a point when the phones started getting really good and there was Mm -hmm. navs on the phones people said ah you know what clipping my phone to the to the vent and i don't need an av Mm -hmm. do you think that the um part of that too was garmin that was my first yep um you know garmin was probably the winner of those uh those portable gps yeah i mean it was just so easy to use stick it on your windshield easy to figure it out easy to punch in Mm -hmm. just simple and easy i mean i still see them on the road yep yeah today so in that before the phones really you know because we were using blackberries at that point so yeah so so you know once the i i think the iphone obviously was a was a huge a huge factor in the revolution of of all of that stuff and i think all that we do today not just nav but um you know so then uh people did the phone thing for a while but then the navs got a little bit better in the cars when they when they went to sort of these more digital screens and and hard drives so now people wanted navs again and now where we are 2018 is cars need to have you know they need to start you're going to get cars with this apple car play so you can plug your plug your phone into the car it comes up on your screen in the car and you basically have a mirror image of your of your phone on on the screen Um, now i will say uh what I love about it in the Audi, I'm driving a Q7. What I love about the Q7 is that I can have my Apple, uh, my Audi nav and my Apple maps run in parallel. Hmm. And I can let the two fight each other. <laughs> Do you find that one comes up better than the other? Or? Yeah, I uh, I find that they have, they, they both uh, offer different routes as the best choice. Okay. Which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder if Android's going to get there. I'm still not an iPhone. I'm still an Android, too. So that's always my thing when I see this or hear about it. Oh, Apple. And I'm always like, well, we're not getting that. Yeah, but in on Android, what is is Google Maps the – is that the default Google map? Google Maps is the default. Google Maps. Yeah. I think 
personally, I think Google Maps is better than Apple Maps. That's my personal opinion. Um, there are lots of tests that have been made to see like which one is more accurate. If you take uh, Google Maps and Apple Maps and you try to you know pit them against each other, you know they're like within a minute difference of each other in in accuracy and that kind of thing. But uh, Google Maps is awesome. I'll tell you what I love about it. Just being able with you know to just use voice control. Yeah. No matter where I'm at, even if my in-car nav is not telling me what I need to. Yep. I throw that up and I start. I start and then boy, it gets me right where I need to go. Well, by the way, you know, I mean that's another part of it is like the the phone navs are they're so much easier to enter a destination where the cars even if you <laughs> you need in some of these cars. And even some import cars, and I'm not going to say which ones, are difficult at best, and you, it they, it might take you an hour to figure they it out. Are, I mean, some of them, some of them, you have to have the exact location. Like you have to have uh, the exact location that it wants, like a street first, then the the city, and sometimes they won't pick up on it because no. you're not doing and it. And they're right? just not intuitive. The way I look at it, just like it takes too many. Like too many steps, so then you're like. I mean, Aaron and I are working with different car brands every single day, yeah. And we've, but we've worked with these same car brands for a long time, and I still have to sit there and go, okay, what do I do? Do I tip this thing back? Do I push it? Do I? Is turn it destination? It? Is it route? <laughs> is it? Can I put highway? Can I yeah. say highway? And voice entry isn't uh, doesn't work that great. It it, uh, it works better on the phones than it does in the cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't even tried it. On our Audi, and I'm sure it probably works spectacular. I, I I'm just getting to figure out how to manually input it, mm-hmm. so I'm far away from the voice nav on the Audi. <laughs> well, the voice is good. I mean, if you're going to use like Bluetooth on it, the voice is. I mean, you just you just press that. And Speaking right. of voice, don't you know? Not the voice that we would talk into it, but y- you know, there was this time where they kind of joked around about some of the nav systems and some of the cars. I think even tried it. Where you could have different voices. Oh, they still have those. The voice guidance. So, like, you could have you could have an English lady or an English male or a. You could even have people like James Earl Jones. (laughs) I mean, that's that's the thing. You want Darth Vader telling me my? Yeah, (laughs) you want Morgan? Yeah, Yeah. he'll be giving you a documentary of every (laughs) turn. I'm not sure how much that costs, but I gotta imagine. Yeah. Okay. So if you had to, so if you had to pick someone to be your voice in a yeah. nav, would yours mine be, Morgan would be Morgan Freeman? Freeman? I think mine would be James Brown. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you know jump what? Jump back. You missed a step. <laughs> I mean, I'll never know where I'm supposed to be going because I won't understand him. But probably Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you just think about it, like yeah, yeah. he's going to take you down this road. You know, you can't you can't, you can't understand him. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's Sean Connery. Yeah, that Sean Con- I'd go with Sean Connery's a good one, I think. Yeah. I was just gonna try to do an imitation, but I'm not. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. Yeah, no. No, it probably wouldn't have been. <laughs> we would have lost listeners. So, uh, you know, big news, uh, if we're talking about navs, and one of the reasons actually I chose this topic for today's episode was that just this week, Google bought Waze, which if if you haven't out there in listening land heard of Waze, you should stop. You should pause this podcast. You should go onto your phone. You should go into the App Store and you should download Waze because it really is a great free navigation system. And what's cool about it 
And you might ask why Google, who has such a great nav with Google Maps, would buy Waze. Well, Waze is an, is an Israeli company that started in 13. It's a nav system, but it's a different take on navs. So Waze is like a, almost like a social network navigation. So have you have any of you guys used I haven't, Waze? I haven't used it, but I actually just saw a commercial for it, which I've never seen yeah, before. I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is yet. Okay. So I I'm not sure if it's Buick or Lincoln, but so, but someone's doing their whole their whole ad campaign mm-hmm. around the fact that their car comes with Waze as the as the nav system. Mm-hmm. Um, what's very cool about Waze, it's probably cooler in uh, more congested areas. So in the bigger cities, it's probably a little bit more um, well-known. But what's great about it is you can be driving. I guess it's it's good and bad because the bad part of it is that uh, it could potentially distract you. But uh, you can, as you pass traffic, you can push a button and it'll say, I'm in heavy traffic. And everybody who does that, it calculates it. And it really, in real time, says, hey, you don't want to be driving down this street right now. There's, you know, It shows all everybody's car. It shows the people. You can even make your own name. You can have your own little icon. It oh, shows really? you driving. And you can report if there's uh, an obstruction in the road, if there's a police officer uh, sitting in the, behind the tree, if there is uh, traffic, any of that stuff. You can report it like very fast with just a push of a button. Um, and that's what makes Waze kind of uh, better because it r- gives you real time from real people what the what the um, situations are on the on your different routes. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like, are you? Just, is that all you're going to be doing? Is just pushing buttons and just yeah, I'm in traffic. Haha, and well, let's see if I can get people to go a different way. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess there's good and bad to it, but like Uber drivers. So Uber has they have their own nav when when uber came out they created their own nav system for their drivers and i've been in a lot of ubers and i've talked to these guys and they're like they are not that big of a fan of the uber the uber uber navs but now uber has partnered with Waze, and they've also i think partnered with google maps that you can use them they all tie together and so you get more real time. Yeah, and a lot of these on. Uber drivers are saying that they are saving a lot of money by having the power of Waze attached to the Uber nav. They're saving a lot of money in their in their time spent on the road. And I mean, if they're if they're gauging it with the money that they're making or or losing, um, then I think that that's a pretty good indication to just people that are driving that that might that might be a pretty good nav to look at. Definitely something yeah. different to look at because right now I'm using uh, Sirius XM's traffic. Okay. Oh. So it, it it shows up on my uh, on my map, uh, and it, it'll tell me real time when we're driving. We were just driving to Boston a couple weeks ago, and here comes the pop up that says, you know, slow down. You'll be sitting for two hours. Oh. Big big accident. So so I get it. I think that's it. You know, it's important because the maps are great to have, but real time, especially for Uber drivers, Lyft drivers. Yep places you got to get to on time and what's the better way oh, exactly so now uh in the last ios update on your phone if you're a, if you're an apple user uh they've just updated so if you get the new update i don't know what number that is but the newest update now allows you to have google maps apple maps 
and Waze on your Apple CarPlay. So if you have Apple CarPlay in your car prior to this new update, you could only get Apple Maps. But now you can also get Google Maps and Waze in your Apple CarPlay car. And that is very cool because with Google Maps, you can go to satellite view. And from your screen in the car, not only do you have sort of the cartoonish version of where right. you're going, mm -hmm. but you now can have that satellite imagery. And it works really well. I've actually seen it in a couple instances, and I've been really impressed with it. It is just amazing, the technology, when you just think about, like, how far. Like, you even think back, like, navigation in cars really wasn't a thing to probably what a little after the 2000s probably 2000 2001 yeah. right. so we're still in like the 17 year period and just the level of technology growth is amazing it is amazing absolutely uh, amazing till you get 3d images you can see you exactly. know like uh, top of car views driving you can actually see on your screen what it looks like outdoors it's amazing and i mean like even going over cars with with our customers the the newer models there's there's so much technology i feel like i you know i have to spend so much time because just to explain it and get people to know what's what's actually on their car you know? I, I think it it's frustrating for us and it's frustrating for the customers that um, there is so so many cool things that cars do now, and the technology is so great that even I, who am in this business, uh, often am not utilizing these cool things that our cars have. Um, so, like Aaron and I have been talking about doing a car 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 care clinic here soon to let people come in on a Saturday morning, and we can, you know spend an hour and a half or two hours and go hey it takes that long believe it or not to really dig into some of the things you can do like for example you can set that home feature on your nav right so in your car you can set a home so that if you're somewhere and you're going back home you don't have to type it all in you can just go to home hit the push push the button i've always made a joke to people saying don't put your own address in <laughs> put like the neighbor you like the least in and that way if your car gets stolen then they're <laughs> not gonna go right back to your house <laughs> so do you know when i usually find out all the gadgets on my car when you're going to trade it oh uh, after i've already sold it <laughs> yeah. every single time like what i had that <laughs> I had that car for six years. I never knew that. It's yeah, funny, yeah. I, I now it's making me think. Now instead of paying attention to you two, I'm thinking in my head: Is there something else I'm missing in my yeah. car right now? <laughs> uh, no. You yeah, need that, another tutorial on it. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm going out to the car. <laughs> <laughs> so we were. Uh, so um, still on the Google thing. Uh, on top of Google Maps, and aside from your phone and your car, if you ever go on to Google Earth on your computer. And you want to see the power of the technology of the Google GPS system. Holy cow. Uh, Google Earth is uh, amazing because not only can you drill down to, uh, you know, uh, an alleyway in whatever city, in whatever third world country you want, you can even do 3D imaging mm -hmm. of it all mm -hmm. and you can make your own movies. You can put waypoints in there and you can have camera flybys of cities of streets um and, and then you can take those movies and you can put them into other movie software and you can really? make uh, i mean there's a whole that's a whole Gosh. thing that people are doing now so here's here's a question how many satellites 
are currently orbiting the Earth, do you think? I I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't really either, but I thought I'd I ask. I, no, <laughs> well, one of well, research. Well, I, well, what I found out, at least the Earth, uh, the United States currently has about 24, and Russia has probably roughly about the same. So my guess is, and anybody else, probably about 60 satellites at any given time. So you always wonder, but, you know, for me it's always like, yeah, we see Google Maps and Google Earth, but that's what they're letting us see. Imagine oh, the yeah. ones that we're oh, yeah. not seeing, like how close they can Sure. You know, pinned down to a. Well, think about think um, about how long the internet was out in the military prior to it being a civilian use. I mean, the internet was around for quite a while, being used by the military before it was a civilian use thing. So there, it stands to reason yeah. there's some technology that is mind blowing that they're using. And the Navy did that with GPS. Right. I did read that they they used to um, run interference. So that nobody else could figure out what what it was they were doing or using with those satellites. So yeah. they were, you know, again. Well, by you know, actually, you, you know, you sped me up through my history of navigation. <laughs> There's one little section <laughs> I forgot. You know, from from the compass uh, to now, there was something in between. Those were like radio waves. So you know, you, you still see the airplanes and the and the the guys in the submarines and they're staring at that green screen and there's a little bloop. You know that that thing. Yeah. They still use that. Like that. Those radio wave technologies are still being used. There's still a, a reason to have that around. For, I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, radar, sonar, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. See again, Sean Connery, Hunt for Red October. Yeah. I heard Mark beeping like that, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's Sean there you Connery. Go, that's Sean Connery. Yeah, I'm still not going to do the impression. <laughs> We're gonna get it. We're gonna get uh, Jay to do a Sean Connery impression in one of these episodes. It's gonna come out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll surprise you. <laughs> um, so, so really, kind of uh, uh, another thing back to Google Maps is we were just uh, our last trip to Europe, our last trip to the Audi factory. Uh, we did do a lot of public transportation, and um, you know, navs are not just for your car. Like, if you first of all, uh, Google Maps. I was just in Chicago. Google Maps was awesome in getting in hailing an Uber or a Lyft. Mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. can put the thing in. You got your little purse in there. It looks like it's hailing a cab. You push on it. It tells you how much the Uber drivers are. It tells you how much the Lyft drivers are. And it, and it, right away when you push on it, it links with Uber. And it's awesome. It's so cool. When I was in Europe, the train schedules are spot on. I mean, you. it was so easy real to time. get around. It's real time. Yeah. You know, and before that, if you were in another country where you didn't speak the language well or at all, you'd have to, you know, find someone and go like, what train do I take here? And am I at the right place? And you were panicking, not knowing if you were going to get to where you needed to go. But the phone makes it like everybody's just a genius. <laughs> well, and now, like my son currently is in Japan, translation on his phone that he uses. So it'll translate for he'll talk into it in English. And it'll translate it right to Japanese. And James Earl Jones will translate it for you. <laughs> James Earl Jones speaking Japanese. Now that I would pay for. So anyway, I guess, you know, that's uh, what do you guys have to add on navigation? I The only thing I have to add on it, I think, is when is too much too much when it comes to technology? And I kind of I say that for our listeners, too, to think about 
It's already too much, you I think, guess, yeah. if you want to argue it, really. Do you think, I, I you know, like, it, at what point is it just too much? Now, I don't know. Like, I'm a lot older, so I'm not going to get to see it. But I always wonder, like, when, when have we just kind of crossed crossed the line from stuff being interesting and really helpful to just just being? We're completely mm-hmm. desensitized because everything is available to us at the touch of a button. So there's almost nothing that shocks us anymore because we can find out – you know, before this, right? And, I mean, you and I definitely remember it. Aaron remembers it, I'm sure, somewhat, uh, because she wasn't watching Smokey and the Bandit. So. <laughs> or Cannonball Run. <laughs> or I'm not – or any, any of those other things. movie in history. <laughs> um, you know, we're not going to make Aaron the punching bag here, but when no. it comes to these movies, we just can't help it. We have to. Sorry. Um but we're just comp- nothing shocks us anymore. Everything is available to us. Uh, you are instantly, you honestly, when you hold your phone in your hand, you're instantly a genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and by the way, uh, uh, Joe Rogan talked about it on his podcast with Elon Musk when he said, "We're already somewhat, we're already cyborgs by having our phone on us. The information that this phone gives us is, you know, a thousand times more." than if we didn't have it on us. If you right. asked me a That's question true. without my phone, I wouldn't know the answer. But if you asked me any question and I had my phone in my hand, it would take me less than 30 seconds, and I could give you the answer, specs, history, everything. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. I'm, you know, I just always ask that question because I do enjoy it. I mean, I got the computer on the desk, and I'll say, hey, when was this movie made? And automatically she'll <laughs> tell me, you know who I'm talking about, that girl that sits on the desk. Not yeah. literally. Yeah. You know, it's amazing the information you can get. But I always just go, are we past that point yet? Are we, is it too much? I, I don't feel know. Like, I feel like even though there's new technologies that are coming out, it's like even those newer technologies are now more outdated because you know, there's new stuffs coming out every day. It's like phones. It is. To, you know, a- a- Apple, I think, is one. I've, I mean, Aaron and I have Androids, but Apple goes through a version almost every year Mm -hmm. they're updating changing well let's be real right we wouldn't have most of this information that we talk about on this podcast if it wasn't for the internet and our phones and the research we need to do to i went to the library (laughs) (laughs) yeah you pulled out the microfiche and uh looked stuff up on the microfiche have you ever used microfiche i have yes okay (laughs) you went to the dewey decibel system and got and figured out what books you needed to look up um, all right. Well, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is going to pretty much conclude the uh, Grease and Glamour podcast episode two. But no podcast would be complete here at Grease and Glamour without uh, some news by our own Aaron Kane. Okay. So to go along with the navigation systems, um, Apple just patented a navigation system for self-driving cars. Uh, the patent claims that many autonomous vehicle systems base their navigation Um, on static information like maps and sensors to find real-time information. Um, In the article on CNBC, Apple's system would be able to direct the car independently of any data that is outside of the device. Apple's technology creates a computerized model for predicting routes using sensors and other processors in the vehicle itself. The patent has been in the works since 2015 and hopes to make self-driving vehicle navigation more efficient. What do you guys think about? Well, I think it goes back to the, uh, have we gone too far? <laughs> have we gone too far? <laughs> so uh. w- what that makes me think of is is kind of 
I mean, if, if they're creating a navigation system in the car itself, not relying on anything else, what happens if that vehicle goes rogue or, you know, something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know if they figured that out yet. I think, you know, this is... This is the Matrix, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have no impersonations of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I don't think anybody does, including Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we were talking about vehicles information system. So which automaker has the best infotainment system? So in an article by Digital Trends, it lists the top infotainment systems for automakers. The top infotainment systems represent the best of the best and are available in cars at a wide variety of price points. Topping the list is the Audi MMI, which is sharp and well-designed. What sets the Audi apart is the available virtual cockpit cockpit display available on newer models it can display everything from a digital speedometer to google maps and satellite images like we were talking about the next on the list was the bmw iDrive. bmw was one of the first automakers to launch a comprehensive system and the iDrive system remains one of the best and then rounding out the list are the mercedes command system the tesla and the volvo census so what year audi do you have to have to have that cool system I think it's probably 17, 17 and up. 17 and up. Yeah. I will say this, okay, BMW, and I hope I don't offend any of my BMW owners out there, but when BMW's iDrive first came out, it was a stinker. Uh, it, they really, um, BMW uh, kind of got a lot of grief for it. It was, I understood what they were going for. They were going for uh, trying to be simplistic in, in, in movement, not too many buttons you have to push to get from one thing to the other. But by doing that, they made it more complicated because it was all in one big round knob. And that knob uh, turned, pushed, pulled, uh, slid. It, 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 there was so many ranges of motion on this one button that it was very confusing to remember what you had to do. Obviously, over time, and that's going back. I mean, that's going back. To, I think 2002 was when the uh, that the iDrive came out. Uh, so it's much better now. It's actually quite good now, but it was terrible in its advent. Um, and Tesla, uh, and I don't know if I just wasn't doing it right, but I was in a Tesla. I was, um, they have, I'll tell you, the inside of a Tesla, they've got this big glass screen. I mean, that car has very few analog buttons in it. That's really very futuristic it's really cool there's really i think there's three or four analog buttons in that car everything else is all digital touchscreen and it's a big touchscreen but one thing i was surprised not to see although disclaimer it's possible i just didn't know what i was doing is you had to go on the internet and do a google search uh, and you can do that in a tesla you had to google search where the charging stations were where I would have thought that they would have had an app already built into built the car into the going, to say, hey. here's where uh, the charging stations are. Again, it may have that, and I didn't see it, but that was something that was a surprise to me. Hmm. All right, so the Audi e-tron SUV is the brand's first all-electric model. So back in September, Audi unveiled its first all-electric SUV. The 2019 Audi e-tron made its debut joining other luxury automakers in launching battery-powered SUVs. The 5C Audi e-tron has two electric motors and all-wheel drive come standard. 
Audi has also partnered with Amazon Home Services to provide exclusive installation of digital home charging system for owners. Audi is also offering some complimentary charging through Electrify America for four years of ownership. The Electrify America network will have nearly 500 fast charging sites completed or under development in 40 states by July of 2019. It's about time that we have other car companies coming to the table with electric cars. I know Audi's been talking about it and doing things over in Europe for a while, but it's finally getting over here. And now they're finally coming out with an all-electric car. And I, I tell you, what I think is going to happen is just my feeling is I think that at some point, you know, that there's, no, there's not going to be any reason to have hybrids, right? You're either going to be all in on gas cars or you're going to be all in on electric cars and peop, they're not going to go in, right. half and half. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, the Audi e-tron looks great. They already had the e-tron in the A3. Uh, going back a few years, but that's a hybrid. That's not a full electric not a full car. One, yeah. And there are right now some of the hybrids people may not be aware, like the Prius, for example, is a it's a gas engine with an electric uh, motor backup. So you you know you're going under a certain mile per hour. You can use the electric motor, and then you're pretty much using a gas engine. There might be some support from the electric, but then like Chevy has a model that is an all-electric car with a gas backup. So your electric motor is what runs the car the majority of the time. And if you run out of a charge, you have a a gas motor that backs it up. Um, So everybody's trying different things to figure out what is going to be the best. And it's going to be interesting to see if the best will remain tesla which i would say is probably most people's opinion that's the best electric car it's the most well known it's also the most expensive um you know or is it going to be one of these american car companies that's going to come out with something great and they have the power of mass production behind them and they can throw these things out like crazy or is it going to be the european cars the japanese cars it's going to be a very interesting thing to see it's Um, it's definitely it's kicking it up it reminds me of you know, is it going to be VHS or Betamax? You know, <laughs> right? Oh boy, do I remember that? Yeah, I, I bet on the wrong horse on that one. I'll yeah. tell you. Listen, I'm going to tell you, Betamax was the better quality. I know, but Sony over on this side better at marketing. So that's what I look at in these cars too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it, who's going to actually be the better of the car, and who's going to do a better job of selling it? Hey, car. the Kodak yeah. disc camera was a great camera, but it just didn't go anywhere. Right. Uh, I have, by the way, when you talk about Betamax. I had every James Bond movie up to that point on beta, and they all just got tossed because once the beta machine that broke, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Aaron? Um, that was all for my news today. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a beautiful 43 minutes spent with you and spent here with my colleague Aaron and Jay. And uh, we want to make sure that you go to Grease and Glamour Podcast at gmail.com for any questions you might have for Jay, our producer. Um, you can visit uh, universalimports.com if you have any car, uh, you know, you want to look at anything with our car selection here at Universal Imports or uh, with our service department or our body shop. You can email Aaron. At, at ekane at universalimports.com. And you can email me, mark, at universalimports.com if you have any questions. 
Um, you can get our podcast right now on iTunes. Uh, there is an Apple podcast app right on your phone. And if you go in there and you type Grease and Glamour, you will find our podcast, which I'm assuming you've probably already done if you're an Apple user and that's how you're listening to this today. But we are working very diligently to get our podcast on Stitcher, on Google um, CarPlay, or I guess what's the what's the Google Play Store? I think is what Google it's Play called, yep. uh, and uh, SoundCloud and um, wherever else podcasts can be found. And we also have a website, and that website is Aaron. It's greaseandglamourpodcast.com doesn't get any easier than that grease and glamour podcast.com i was thinking of still doing my sean connery but i'm not oh all right <laughs> see I, I was talking a lot to try and you know get you there but uh maybe well next maybe podcast. next podcast that's that's the that's the cliffhanger to podcast three there you until go. next time i'm mark i'm aaron and i'm jay have a great day thank you very much for joining us